Welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I'm your host, Erin Pym, and I'm an erotica writer and performer, as well as the producer of the live stage show, Bedpost. Here at the podcast, I invite guests and performers and beyond from the stage show to indulge me in a more in-depth conversation about sex and sexuality. This week, we have sex and relationship consultant, Alex Zalewski. Are we good with that title? I think we'll be okay with it. <laughs> We've been trying to hone your business plan for the past half hour on what to call you exactly. I'm, I'm still struggling with exactly how to market myself, but yeah. I like sex and relationship consultant. Because we said dating coach at one time, but you weren't a big fan I'm of that. I'm not a big fan of the word coach. I think it carries a lot of stigma, and that's <laughs> not really what I do. So, so what, what is it you do, Alex? I guess I have a lot of... Um, there's a lot of things I can do. I've got a lot of information in my head that I can help people with. And really that's what I want to say I do is I help people. So if there's um, a problem that you're struggling with around your relationship or sexuality, then I can probably give you some advice and help with that. And you do this through a new business idea you've had called Authentic Connections. That's correct. That is correct. Yeah. And this is officially started January. Yeah. Yes. Officially started the end of January. And what is your mandate, and what what do you do? So um, I think a, a good way to describe my mandate without all the jargon I've got on my website is that <laughs> my, my mission is to satisfy women by building better men. Love that. <laughs> uh, that that's, that's the way I like to describe it. You know, I, I can describe it as saying, you know, I can um, help people explore, you know, the vast possibilities of sex and relationships uh, that are available to them if they're willing to learn. But, you know, what it all comes down to is it's my, my love of sex and sexuality that's mm -hmm. led me to the point of researching it so much that I can actually help so many people at this point, right? So, and you had people in the past uh, yeah, I've, tell I've had, you that you should get into I've had more than classes. one partner yet, uh, like <laughs> a half dozen or so people tell me I should be teaching the, the other men in their life. Uh, <laughs> and that's, that's a very hard uh, thing to market, but um, that's what I'm trying to do. And how are, how are you going about this? So right now, what I do is I write a blog. Um, I have a Facebook page, and I'm, I'm looking to start blogging as well as uh, writing a book, uh, teaching classes, doing public speaking uh, all around the subject. Um, and right now, it's basically one-on-one -on -one consulting where, where I have a conversation with you about what it is that you want, what you want out of life and relationships and love and sex, mm -hmm. and uh, what you have to offer potential partners. And then I try and help you with the barriers that you have for that, uh, designing a, co a course specifically for you where we meet once a week or once a month, whatever's convenient. And depending on how much you want to do the work or how motivated you are, I'm willing to match you. Great. So for example... Okay, so um, let's say someone comes in and says, okay, so I'm a 35-year-old guy. I've, I've had relatively good success with women. Um, I... You know, I, I know how to use Tinder, kind of. I, I, I get dates. 
but they very rarely go anywhere, turn into anything meaningful. Mm -hmm. Or the opposite would be they get into relationships too quickly and they don't, they're not satisfied. So they don't know what to do. And so my goal is to say, let's figure out what it is you have to offer this potential partner and what it is you want. Let's work together to write a really, really honest profile, something that kind of pre-qualifies anyone that reads it for what it is you have to offer and what you're looking for. Get some decent pictures taken of you. Yeah, one, one thing I really liked about reading your blog was online profile basics, you know, how to get the most bang for your buck on yeah. your online dating profile. And you give a couple tips. So I, I, I've got a couple of tips, yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the, there's some really basic stuff that's on my blog that I think everyone should know. But, you know, I get way into way more detail when it comes to specifics of writing your profile in an eloquent way. Mm -hmm. But specifically, I'm going to say stuff like no shirtless pictures for guys. You know, girls try not to use duck face in every picture. Um, <laughs> Unless yeah. that's your authentic yeah. self. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Unless, Unless you 24-7 are going around duck facing, then... Maybe just sure. try smiling, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, try not to have every single picture with all of your friends in it, because it's really hard to tell who you are, and most people will just swipe left. Yeah. Um... Because you know, they don't know who they're swiping for. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, try and have at least one decent headshot taken by a professional photographer. There's a big difference between a selfie and a professional photographer. Yeah. Um, yeah. All selfies, too, is so misleading. Because I've been there where I've... They had, like, six or seven photos on their online profile. And then when I met them, completely different. Completely different body type. Like, a selfie gives such a weird perspective. And I think that's the idea with selfies, that it makes everyone look, you know, a if certain you know way. Them, if you, you know how to take them, you can make yourself look 50 pounds lighter and 10 inches taller. Yeah. But the thing is, that's part of what I teach, is why aren't you just being honest in your profile? Why are you set, having conversations and setting dates with people that don't know who you are? Right. So why not spend that energy with someone who has seen the real you, knows what you're looking for, and is still interested? Yeah. Even if it takes longer to get those matches, it's more it's Gonna more, be more worthwhile. It's more honest and it's way more efficient when it comes to the long run of finding what you want and getting what will make you happy in life. Yeah, because I've done my homework. One of your most recent blog posts was also about having an honest profile as well. So, you know, don't say, you know, you're a total gym rat when you've never been, you know, from this whole selfie phenomenon you know why what are you trying to hide behind by taking a picture only from this one angle or something like that so yeah and I why do you think that is that people think that's going to get them the girl or the guy rather than being their authentic selves I think what it comes down to is a lot of times people are more interested in getting the match and having the date and maybe getting to sleep with them then looking more long-term, having more of, uh, you know, delayed gratification, wanting to get what it is they want that will actually make them happy long-term, rather than just sex tonight. Mm -hmm. um, and and it's, it's, it's hard to convince people that it will happen, because uh, it's a slow build, right? Sure. Uh, you, you make this profile, you put a lot of effort into it, and it takes a month or two before you're getting dates with really interesting and exciting people that you want to have a relationship with in some way, right? And I feel like there's got to be a fear there as well, that you're not going to be good enough and you have to exaggerate and, you know, that the whole uh, kind of animalistic thing to that you've got to make yourself bigger and make yourself more impressive, you know? 
Yeah, it's it's a hard thing to combat because you know if you do it, you will get more matches and you will get more dates. But the thing is, is are you happy? Yeah, right. That's what it comes down to. That's what authentic connections is all about: is trying to help people get the happiness they deserve. Right, right. right. So creating a profile that truly conveys yeah, so if, if what you're, you're looking for, who you are, but also what you're looking for. Yeah, and if you're having trouble making your profile interesting or, you know, you don't have enough interesting photos of yourself or, uh, you know, it, it kind of sounds boring, then go do interesting things. Right. Go, go and find something fun to do that you can write about on your profile. Go out with <laughs> friends and have them take pictures of you hang gliding or whatever it is you want to do that's exciting. Yeah. Um, you know, use you, the excuse to go to some fun yeah, shit. Yeah, like I mean, I went to Burning Man last year, and I had that on my profile for six months before I went, and it's still there now because I went and I posted a little YouTube video with a link. You know, like that's yeah. that's the kind of thing that like if if you don't have enough things to say in your profile other than I really like sports and beer, you know, find something else to do. You know, if you're a hockey player, get some pictures of you on the ice. You yeah. know, uh, if if you're interested in urban exploration or geocaching or whatever <laughs> the interesting thing you do is go and do that LARPing. and talk yeah exactly <laughs> like larping is something that if you are into you kind of want your partner to be into right sure, so, yeah. so why why are you hiding it or why aren't you talking about it right because that can be a point of connection between you and a potential partner right kind of an interesting thing like yeah. geocaching you know there's a chick out there or a dude out there that's going to be like, oh man, this person's into geocaching. I'm going to reach out to them and be like, I love that too. And I can tell which person it is in his profile pictures. It's awesome. (laughs) The one with the geocache box. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He won. (laughs) I don't really know how to geocache. Um, (laughs) Can you win? Can you win geocaching? I don't think so. Um, Another uh, interesting, we'll move on from your blog, but I was just like binge reading your blog. Um, Another kind of interesting post I was reading about the dichotomy people have between like the two halves of themselves I guess if you want to put it that way between love love and desire desire. yeah Yeah. so I mean everyone first of all Esther Peril does a much better job describing this she is actually a relationship professional who's traveled Mm -hmm. the world for 25 years and talked to thousands of people about this go see her TED talk Mm -hmm. it's way better than what I'm going to do right now (laughs) but basically the idea is the more connected you become with someone the more intimate you become with someone the less desire plays a factor in your relationship. So desire is about distance. It's about the the craving for something you don't have. It's to want. Whereas love and and intimacy is to have, mm-hmm. right? Um, lots of people talk about that, you know, the problem with jealousy and the problem with open relationships is because, you know, you want your partner to be yours. Um, and so... That provides a lot of stability and and structure and support and, you know, long term that can be very comfortable, um, especially if you have a child, that's part of it. Mm -hmm. Um, But now we have the opportunity to go and explore sex and relationships for fun Mm -hmm. and not for, you know, stability and like economic stability with your partner and all that kind of stuff. So why we struggle with maintaining desire in a relationship because it falls off as we become more and more connected. And, and we, we get into these routines of the same thing happening over and over again. Everything that is going to happen in a long-term committed relationship already has. There is no spontaneity unless you are spontaneous, mm-hmm. right? So 
that that's what it's all about is trying to maintain desire through willful effort in a long-term relationship mm -hmm. otherwise it just it just fades away mm -hmm. an interesting part of that and i know you know her because you quoted her on one of your blog postings jess Beaulieu, who's uh she's a bedpost darling we, <laughs> we just love jess Beaulieu, and she always you know, she, girls getting laid, girls going on dates, and, you know, people are asking her, like, well, how do you do it? And she's like, because I put effort, I put a lot of effort and energy into dating. Like, I'm going out there, I'm asking people to go out with me all the time. Like, it's a big part of my life that actively I'm going and, you know, taking it. I mean, I would definitely say that I talk to a lot of people who find online dating tedious. The, the act of swiping and reading profiles and crafting in, in, like creative messages to send to some witty, something witty from yeah. their profile to send to them. You know, I, online dating for men and women is very different, okay? Mm. Uh, women, the, the, the goal is to read through as many messages as you can and pick out the good ones. And pick one. Yeah. And pick the good ones <laughs> and reply to them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. For men, it's very different. We don't get messages. Yeah, you don't get the. I'm tens relatively of... attractive, and I've got a very well crafted profile, and I get maybe one or two messages a month. Okay. Okay. So that's good to know. For men, it's about reading as many profiles as you can, and coming up with those witty messages and with moving that. on quickly. Yeah. And forgetting about it, to be totally honest, because if you dwell on a profile and they don't reply, that this is the part of online dating that is like sales. You yeah. have to be okay with rejection and move on. Right? Yeah. I like it. I enjoy <laughs> it. I enjoy online dating. I like swiping and reading profiles and having conversations with people. So for me, I just like Jess Will You, for many months when I got back into the dating scene after a very long seven-year monogamous committed relationship, it took me three or four months. But by the end of those three or four months, I was going on a date every single night. Yeah. Every single night I was going on either a new date or someone that I'd already been on a date with. Yeah. And... That's what created abundance in my life, what created this opportunity to explore um, all the possibilities that were open to me, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you're not willing to put in the effort, you probably won't ever have, like, an abundance of sex and fun dating in your life. Yeah, and isn't it so silly that, I mean, people went to online dating because dating in the real world is so tedious, like going out to bars and meeting people oh, that's not for me. I'm just going to online date. And now we're so spoiled. We're at the fact now online dating is tedious. Come on. Yeah. You're on your computer, like in your own home. Just Watching like, a movie. So yeah, like that, that's too much for you now. Like, oh it's my so God. Funny. I, I've never really been good at going out to a bar and meeting a girl and getting her number. I've yeah, never been good. But at that. that's difficult. That's hard. Okay. But online dating. Online dating is a numbers game. Online dating is, is efficiency. On, online dating, you can look at 150 people that match your filter criteria yes. in 150 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You go to a bar with 50 people in it, and maybe there's three or four that you're attracted to, and one or two that are actually like not in a relationship, and <laughs> neither of those are actually into the things you're into. <laughs> yeah. So you got to go to another bar, which is another night, right? So yeah. that's 12 hours. You got to do that every yeah. night. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's an efficiency thing, right? <laughs> so again, if you're honest in your profile, and you you do the min, minimum amount of swiping every day, you're you're gonna eventually find better matches, right? Yeah. Okay. So you said in our in our kind of pre-interview talk, you were talking about how you got into authentic connections. Do you want to just go over that for our folks listening? Sure. 
just to lead into our, our list here. Okay, so so <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give you a bit of history first. Okay? Great. So um, I was raised as a very good boy. Okay. okay. I, I respect and revere women. I always have. Um, and all of my partners, I would say, were satisfied um, sexually and in the relationship. I was the best boyfriend, you know. But just like that whole dichotomy between love and desire, every relationship slowly fades into uh, intimacy and the desire fades away. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't happy in my relationships. So Because that was happening? Yeah, I'm a very sexual person, mm. obviously. Right? Mm. So yeah. um, I, I need hey, that in my talking, life. You're to talking to me here. <laughs> I know, man. So I, I need that in my <laughs> life to stay happy. Um, so what ended up happening was... Like, based on the kind of fantasies I had and the porn I watched, I would say I've always been into kink, okay? Right. Okay, yeah, this is something we haven't even touched, but, touched on yet. Okay. But, um, even in that seven-year monogamous relationship that I was in, right at the very beginning, she asked me to hit her during sex. Interesting. And I was just like, I can't do that. I'm, I'm a good boy. I don't hit women. I can't, right? And, mm -hmm. and that's because neither of us did any research on, on BDSM and what it means and, and the intricacies of all of it, right? Um, so looking back on it, I feel like I now have started exploring it. I, I met a woman who told me to choke her and slap her and spit in her face during sex. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, whoa, this is real? Like, people actually want this stuff? And, 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 it, and, and it opened my eyes. Yes. It, it opens Pandora's <laughs> box. So it's like, okay, now I'm going to actively search it out. It took me a long time to get comfortable with it and to explore my own sexuality and, and explore all the sides and the vast spectrum that is kink. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm exploring it from the perspective of someone who was raised to respect and revere women, not someone who has, you know, issues with women, mm -hmm. which, which is a it, topping from a healthy place is what people tend to call it. Right. Yeah. And that's definitely what I'm doing, which is probably the exception to the norm. I, I would say yes, um, but I don't know. I, I don't want to like put a label on sure. that because I haven't done that research. But sure. um, according to the women in my life, the answer to that question it's is yes, yes because yes. they keep coming back and tell me I should teach classes. Yeah. So that's that's <laughs> where it comes from. Is is my interest in like any if a, if a, if I meet a, a woman who tells me she's into flogging. Mm -hmm. or curious about flogging. She's never explored it before and is curious. Mm -hmm. And I've never flogged anyone before. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go get a flogger. I'm going to do all the research yeah, on what's class. dangerous. Yeah. I'm going to do all the research on what's what's good mm -hmm. and how to do it properly. I'm mm -hmm. going to practice on a pillow. I'm going to practice on myself. Mm -hmm. And then maybe I'll start using it on her. Right. Right? That is very different than the way most people approach sexuality. Mm -hmm. I just am a research. I'm a sponge. I want all the information before I do anything, so I do it right. Mm -hmm. right? I had Lady Shane on the, not to interrupt you, I had Lady Shane, who's a dominatrix in town, um, on Bedpost, the stage show on Friday, and she was just saying to me, just like kind of afterwards, that she has a friend that, same thing, she kind of just has an interest uh, in it. And Shane's like, oh, just give me 50 bucks and I'll, like, teach you everything there is to know about flogging. Like, I'll give you complimentary gifts and, like, we'll just do a whole rundown. And that's, like, that's somebody who's, you know, dedicated to sexuality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So so how did I get into Authentic Connections? Basically, yes. I started saying, um, I started talking to the men in my life about the things I knew. And, and everyone was enraptured by what I had to say. Mm -hmm. So I figured, you know what, maybe it isn't just a joke that I should be teaching men in the world what I know about women. Mm -hmm. So are these like friends sense. of yours, guy friends of yours? Uh, a, a bit of both, yeah. you know, like coworkers, coworkers friends, okay. any, anyone that was willing to listen and, and was in, in, 
interested in what I had to say, I would share it with them and they would get better at sex and relationships mm-hmm. for it, right? My roommate or, or my best friend that I go to the gym with, they okay. just have questions for me and I'd answer them. And eventually got to the point where, you know what, I think I want to make a go of this and actually try. So um, I stopped doing landscaping and started doing this. Yeah. And I think that's kind of kind of standard for the sex educators that I've talked to, like just via bedpost, is that they basically, they feel like they've been kind of teaching and, and giving classes and lectures their whole lives. And then only, you know, as an adult, you realize like, hey, this is a thing I can do. <laughs> One of the big things that I've, I've learned is, you know, because of how open I am and how non-judgmental I am, I have had past partners who are now in relationships with other men, monogamous relationships with other men, come to me and ask me questions about how to give you specific examples here. Yep. Uh, uh, a, a, a woman came to me last week. Uh, we were having lunch together just as friends, and she said, so what do you know about anal training? <laughs> Why don't you define anal training for me? Uh, and she said, well, you know about anal training. <laughs> so why don't you tell me what you mean by that? And, and she basically said that her boyfriend is very big. Mm-hmm. She loves anal sex. She did with me, but he's much bigger than me. And mm-hmm. it's always been painful. It's and at first painful. it's been, it, it was un, unbearable for a few seconds and that was it. Um, and now in order to train herself, she's having anal sex with him, trying to have it once a day. Oh boy. And I was just like, well, that's not that's... what I would call anal training. That would be, a lot of punishment. Punishment. So I explained to her, you know, well, what I would do, what I would consider anal training is work graduate, working up with graduated toys or fingers or whatever yeah. until you're a little bit bigger than his cock and then having anal sex. Right. And doing that uh, often and re- regularly and basically you reduce the length of time needed to get to that last toy. Yeah, but also, Um, yeah, also something interesting about that is the mental part of it. Like now, now her, yeah, her body is now having a reaction because it associates anal sex with this dude with pain. So, so right there, another another like standard, solid rule for anal sex that I have with anyone that's going to start exploring it, Mm -hmm. there should always be a vibrator involved. Yeah, agree. Hundred yeah. percent, all the time. I've never had life. anal sex without a vibrator on myself, so, um, and I've always en- not always, but I've mostly enjoyed anal sex. So I attribute it to that. It, it's definitely okay. So talk about mental, yeah. right? Uh, um, if if your clit's being vibrated, obviously you're thinking about how good that about feels pleasure and yeah. associating it with the anal sex. Yeah. But if you're not, you ha- you have to entirely in your mind associate the anal sex with pleasure without actually stimulating your vagina at all. Yeah. Which can be done, don't but, get me wrong, but yeah. if it's already painfully large to try and start sex, yeah. that's not going to be a place to go very easily. That's not a good place to start. So yeah. so definitely, number one, use a vibrator all the time. And and we had that conversation, and she said, well, it's really big. She uses a Hitachi because of me. Mm. <laughs> um, she, and You're a Hitachi big. advocate yeah, over so here. it's too big to get in there and stuff, and I was just like, well, use something small, like a little vest or an bullet, egg or anything, whatever. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter, but keep it on there, and, and maybe, like, she's like, oh, I don't have to use it every time, you know, she wants to be a, a good slut, you know, a good anal slut right. for her dog, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly, so I'm just like, well, you know, maybe keep it around for when it becomes uncomfortable, or when, when the mood changes and you need it. Or, or just, just use it for now, you know? just use it for now until this mental block, yeah. you know, starts to dissipate in your head about these associations between anal, anal sex so and pain and pleasure. what I find really interesting about that is that if she had Googled anal training, 
she wouldn't have found having all sex every day. Yeah. She didn't even Google it. Yeah. She came to me. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, okay, I'm happy to have this conversation with you, even though we're exes and you're with a new partner, right? <laughs> that's great. So, Which is so nice. Like really? <laughs> that, that, that's, just, that's just another another way that people tend to associate me with information around sex um, because I'm just so open and interested and knowledgeable about it, right? So that's right. another reason why I'm doing this. Right. And, okay, so all this lead-up is because you took, um, when you were starting to want to make authentic connections a real thing, uh, you went and took a class, a Yeah, so it, class, it, right? it's, a, it's a business class around, like, people who have ideas that they want to disseminate and monetize, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had the choice to either do the landscaping career I was currently in or this authentic connections. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, just kind of went with authentic connections. I said, what do I have to lose? I did that. And the big reassuring factor for me was everyone in this room had written books. They were running multi-million dollar corporations. There were women and men of all ages. So they're all professionals. I stood up and started listing off the little interesting pieces of intellectual property I had. and Yeah, the, the ta- this was a task in the class, Yeah, right? so the task yeah. was to come up with 52 pieces of intellectual property that you could write like a blog post about. Okay. And no one else in the class managed to get 52 down. I did. did. I stood up, started reading them, and everyone in the class was interested and laughing and curious. Standing ovation. I was just like like blown away. This was like, okay, this is all the reassurance or justification I need to run with this like full time. To really go for it. So now I'm just trying to get it all out of me onto paper. Okay, amazing. We're going to talk about this uh, extensive list. We're just going to touch on uh, a bunch of bunch of ones that I found interesting after a very quick break. And we'll be right back with Alex Zalewski. Okay, we're back here with Alex Zalewski, uh, and before we get into this uh, 50, 52 items, this is what we're doing, uh, I want to go back and touch on dating profile basics. Yeah, it, I you mean, actually it, got it out, and I, I'd love to go through this, because okay. I think a lot of people have trouble creating an online profile. So, first of all, be honest with yourself about what you're looking for. Why are you making this profile? Once you can be honest with, with yourself about that, writing the profile becomes much easier. But when it comes to the bio, when it comes to the words, mm-hmm. um, use all the space available to you. It's your opportunity to stand out, so use it. Try writing a few different versions and get someone to read them and give you feedback. Someone you trust, preferably someone of the opposite sex. See, that's a great idea. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you don't have anyone in your life, 
that is of the opposite sex to proof this for you, maybe give me a call. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, because that's been, always been a fun party game. Like, you know, let me look at your dating profile mm-hmm. and then critique it. <laughs> it's actually very valuable information. It is. It is. Not yeah. only is it fun. <laughs> it took me a long time to get comfortable enough with someone to hand them my profile and have them critique it. But I handed it to a, a, a lawyer friend of mine who, who basically rewrote it for me and now I'm thrilled with it. It's awesome. <laughs> Um, so the information you present, uh, should be authentic and exciting, but don't be over the top. Try and share exciting things that you have to offer your potential partner, which we've kind of already touched on. Right. right. Uh, and if you exciting. don't, if you don't have exciting things, go do some exciting things. Yeah, exactly. If you're, if you, if you don't have anything interesting to write in your profile, what do you have to offer a potential partner? What, why don't you go learn to be exciting and, and get some exciting things happening in your life, right? Yeah. Um, your word should make someone smile, blush, or want to know more and ask a question. So oh, I like that. make someone either laugh, make them horny, or make them very intrigued. Right. Right? Uh, if it doesn't do any of those things, then it's what not makes you stand job. out? Right? Lots of other dudes out there like pizza and beer. What's going to make you stand out? You've got to be unique, right? Yeah. Um, and definitely you said, don't leave it empty. Like, what? Yeah, why are you leaving all these fields empty? Yeah. But, I mean... What does that say about <laughs> your commitment to this? Uh, if, if it's something like OkCupid, okay where you have unlimited space and lots of areas to write in, then, then, sure. then obviously, you know, don't write a novel. But um, when it comes to Tinder and you've got 500 characters, I've that's like four sentences. You should be able <laughs> to come up with it. four decent sentences to put in your profile. Um, don't be rude or vulgar or condescending. Uh, you obviously wouldn't introduce yourself like that in person, mm-hmm. so don't do it on on your profile. Also, using phrases like "no hipsters" or "no beards," I mean, if if that's like a serious <laughs> turnoff and you're not going to be interested at all, that's one thing. Otherwise, but if, if it's, it's not very like, inclusive. <laughs> if it's, it's just something that you're saying, you know, a hipster might surprise you, and he's just a hipster because he's wearing flannel. So, you know, maybe... Open yourself up. Yeah, you know? maybe he's going to surprise you in that first message, but because you specifically say no, no hipsters, hipsters, he's not going to message you. So so what, why are you doing that, right? Yeah, you're missing out, potentially. However, if someone clearly states in their profile, no men, or no one over 40, and you're a man over 40, avoid messaging that Do person. Not. Because that's what gives men a bad name online. True, okay. truly. You respect what they have to say in their profile and assume they're being honest, mm-hmm. right? So your photos, at least one professional headshot. Right. Um, not every photo should be professional or selfie. Uh, <laughs> either one is misleading. Uh, try and make a nice mix of some action shots taken by your friends with your friends, a couple of selfies, and a, and a professional photo for your headshot, right? Some good variety there. Uh, and again, no shirtless selfies, for no dudes. duck face. No duck face for um, girls. And there has to be at least one photo of just you. <laughs> it's just crazy to have to browse through all the people and try and figure out which one is consistent in all six photos, <laughs> right? Anyway. Again, that's just super simple stuff that everyone should be able to do, but... But make it um, easy for people. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, I can go into way more depth about, you know, what really sounds good and, and what you probably shouldn't say. You know, like I was talking to one guy who had written, um, you know, he's looking for a young, sexy, vibrant uh, woman. And it's like, well, yeah. that, that all sounds great to you. But talking about someone who's young and sexy is very subjective. Um, so, so if they don't feel young and sexy, but to you, they are, they're not going to message you. Right. Right. 
So, so take that kind of stuff out. Say like vibrant, that's yeah. great, you know, exciting, vibrant, whatever. But try and stay away from words that are going to limit the person who's reading it based on their view of themselves. Okay, interesting. Right. Do you have a couple more examples of that? Because that's very interesting. Ages? Stating ages in your right. profile? Right. You, like, there are very mature 23-year-olds and right. very immature 40-year-olds. Yes. So <laughs> if you're looking for someone mature, say that. Say mature. Don't Not, say... Don't say 40. You right, know? right, um, right. Okay, so we're, get, we're getting in the big list here. Okay. I think I've chosen like 25 of your 52. Maybe we'll have to have another podcast. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> how much time do we got left? <laughs> um, my first one, and I don't even remember half of these because I was just jotting notes yeah, down. Yeah, yeah. My first one thing I've written down is body language. Okay. So there, there's a lot of things with body language, and I think one of them that I'm going to be using a really good example is I've actually, when I started this, I started asking the women in my life, what is one thing that all men do that I could easily change? Okay. By just like a simple, what is the biggest thing? Mm -hmm. And I, I'm gonna like share this little bit of like I'm, secret wisdom. I'm on bated breath. Okay. Um, they start by saying, "I love how you just sat up and leaned into the mic." I, I, I don't know if you can teach this, but teach guys how to kiss better. Hmm. And I'm just like, that sucks. <laughs> that sucks for you. No, it sucks for all the men out there that <laughs> obviously aren't kissing better and and all the women that are kissing these men so what is it about me that they like so much right what is it about my kissing that is so interesting right, right? um and, and after talking to they gave me this example she said you know i was on this date with this guy it was amazing i really liked him i wanted to sleep with him but not tonight um we're on the walk home we actually planned another date he kisses me goodnight i go inside and i text him back saying i don't want to see him again Oh, that's how bad the kiss was. That's how bad it was. And so, like, what's the consensus? Like, too much tongue? I would say probably. What the consensus is, is men don't know how to vary their kissing. <laughs> they don't so know like... how to react to the woman they're kissing. Hmm. Body language, and specifically lip language, while <laughs> you're kissing is a big deal. And mm -hmm. I, it just naturally, I'm... I, I kiss very differently when I'm fucking versus kissing someone goodnight. Or kissing this girl versus this girl Definitely, goodnight. Definitely, yeah. And, and, like, you know, do they like their tongue, their lip being bit? Do they like tongue? Like, how are they kissing you and try and Listen respond in kind, and, right? Yeah. Um, start, start with a simple, like, passionate kiss with no tongue. <laughs> Uh, maybe a hand on the back of their head and maybe a hand on their throat, depending on what kind of person they are and, and, <laughs> and, go, and, from there. and go from there. Right. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, learning to react to that is something that I just mentioned to one guy I knew who I actually knew wasn't kissing very well because he had actually kissed one of my partners Ooh. and she told me, I don't want to sleep with him because he doesn't know how to kiss. And I told him, you know, just so you know, she's not going to sleep with you because you can't kiss. You said that? I, I'm honest, okay? I'm blunt. <laughs> and I just said, listen. I suppose it's your job. Exactly. So, and, and he's, he's, he's a friend of mine. So I, I just said, you know, this is, this is the honest truth. Learn from it, right? Take this and learn from it. You can. This is a teachable moment. And here are the basics. And then he went and kissed her again, and it was better. Wow. So right? just and now she something. wants to sleep with him. Right? So well, good for them, you so, know? So that that's um, <laughs> you know, even just saying respond in kind to body language, mm. uh, especially when it comes to intimacy, uh, will make someone feel much more comfortable and probably turn them on. Mm -hmm. So, you know, don't just 
always be super aggressive and shoving your tongue down their throat with lots of drool. No one likes lots of drool, just so you know. By the way. Um, well, in certain contexts. Okay, okay yeah, <laughs> not, certain not contexts, kissing, maybe. But yeah, when you're making out, having a wet face when you're done just generally isn't pleasurable. Right? <laughs> um, so, so try and keep your spit in your mouth while you're kissing, at least at first. Uh, okay, I have written texting etiquette. Okay, so this is my, my, my next blog post is going to come out this week, and it's specifically about this. It's very Great. similar to the... It'll probably um, be out by the time this airs. Probably. So go check out Alex's latest yeah, blog post. Um, texting so, etiquette. Uh, texting etiquette. So basically the idea is it's kind of like the uh, don't, don't, in your profile, if you're boring, be interesting. If you're texting, the reason there's all the rules about waiting to text someone back or when you get someone's number at a bar, don't text them for two days. Okay. The reason for that is to appear busy. Mm. You want to appear like you're busy in your life and, and this isn't like that big have... a deal. You don't care that much. We had this conversation about that not being, it's a little controversial to say you don't care, but that's the idea. You're supposed to appear aloof. Sure. Right? It's part of the game, unfortunately. Right. So... Um, my outlook on this is be honest. Don't appear busy. Be, be busy. busy right? Got it. So if you aren't busy right now and they text you and it's three in the morning, depending on what the text is, maybe reply right away. But <laughs> if the, the idea is you, sh you should not always reply to someone's text messages within 30 seconds, any time of the day or night, you seem needy. Mm -hmm. right? Even if you're honestly on your phone at every single time they've texted you. You're saying don't necessarily. May, that just seems a little bit weird. Yeah. Maybe you're on your phone too much. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Some um, people are and, attached to it. And if it always takes you three days to reply, even if you're actually busy, that says something about you. Mm -hmm. and, and, and maybe you should learn to reply a little more honestly, right? You saw that text message three days ago. Unless it was something that you honestly couldn't reply or answer, just reply. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. You, when why I, are you putting it off? For so some so do reason? both. You're saying, you know, just be uh, honest. What I'm about saying it. is just be honest. Don't and have maybe a three even day limit. Maybe Good. even right at the beginning, say, "Listen, I'm not into texting etiquette bullshit. Yeah. I'm just going to reply when I when can. I can and, and when I want and, to. Yeah, and when I want to, or when I'm thinking about you. And 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 the opposite is true. Okay, so if you're texting with someone mm -hmm. and you take a while to reply. And then they're mad because you took four hours to reply to their, hey, what's up? Yeah. That might be a sign of your relationship to come. Right. Right. So maybe put your, maybe like state right then and there that you will reply when you have time. Mm -hmm. If it's not fast enough or you have a problem with it, maybe this isn't going to work. Yeah. Maybe right? that's a warning bell right there. Maybe you want that and they want that. Maybe they, you both really want that instant communication. And if you're honest about it, you'll know that. Right. Right. But... If you don't talk about it and communicate about it, you'll probably end up with some a lot of friction around that. No <laughs> resentment that, about right? texting. Yeah, I even find this, like, when I'm trying to book people for shows, like, you don't see a text for a week? Come on. Like, okay, just text me back, like, just to say, yo, I'm busy, I'll get back to you in a week. You know, I don't I mean, have Facebook I don't have my Facebook is even just a friggin', like, there's just a button to put a thumbs up. I know, just, yeah, just get back to me <laughs> that I'll get back to you later, you know, because yeah, yeah. I don't, you know. Yeah, anyway, okay, moving on. Um, uh, handle rejection, handling rejection. Okay, so um, I have definitely made the analogy between online dating and sales. Right, yes. I'm a, sale, I'm a salesperson, I'm a consultant by trade, right? Right. Uh, landscape consultant, so okay, I okay. sold landscaping. Okay. And one of the big things about sales is you have to be okay with people saying no. 
-hmm. And one of the tips or tools salespeople use is collecting no's. They say they'll only stop when they've got 50 no's. If they're making <laughs> phone calls to try and drum up business, they want to get 50 no's and then they're done for the day, right? So it doesn't matter how many yeses they get, it's about getting no's. So you learn to be okay with people saying no and rejection. So when you're online dating, like I was saying, you're sending dozens and dozens of messages, um, <laughs> not copy and paste, yeah. But actually reading people's profiles and sending and them, it, it, can, yeah. it can become draining, okay? You're spending a lot of energy putting this out there, especially when you come across a profile, the 50th profile you see today, it's like, oh my God, she's my dream person. Like, everything I want in, 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 in a, a partner is, is right here in this profile. Mm -hmm. um, even if that's the case, when you click send on the message to that person, you have to try and forget about it. Forget them. about it and move on. Because, because you will, it will... Kill you. It, it will destroy your online dating <laughs> experience. experience altogether if that's what you dwell on, right? And like I've heard it put, um, the more no's you get, it's only going to get you closer to the yes. Exactly. You know, yeah. like well, you should when you get a no. Okay, great, because now I'm one it, step closer. I'm one step closer. Exactly. And that, and that also applies to actually going out on your dates. Mm. Okay, so when you're sitting across the table from someone having a date, and the context of where you're where you're coming from on that date means so much. Okay, so if you had sex yesterday mm, and you've right. got a date on Friday right. who, with someone you've already seen and you're going to have sex with them, right. having sex with this person on Thursday isn't that big a deal. Right, right. It, it's no longer what's required in order for you to feel like the date was a success. Right, right. So you're okay with them saying no. <laughs> they don't want to sleep with you. Right. right? You're okay with, you just, I didn't want to sleep with you either. I just wanted to have a good conversation and have an interesting date. And, and that's just like, what? Which is a good bar to set. You right. Know? So, so if, if, you, if the expectation if is the expectation to have a nice time. Is to meet and get to know this person who may or may not be a good match for you mm -hmm. rather than sex. Then you're going to have much more success. Right. Exactly. Right. And <laughs> Quote unquote success. And it makes it so much easier when they say, Thanks, I've had a great night, but I'm not really interested. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's totally fine with me. I got I'm to okay know a, a nice person today. You might actually find that when you say, that's cool, no problem. You might get a call in a couple You might days. actually, like, a week later be like, hey, that guy took that really well. <laughs> that, you might I get a like date. I've never seen that before. <laughs> how you took this rejection. Maybe, maybe there is something to that guy. <laughs> um, I have... Read her profile. Yeah, that, that I've talked about a couple times now. It's basically yeah. when you send messages, before you send the messages, read the profile, <laughs> because why aren't you? Like, yeah, seriously, why? what? What else are you doing? <laughs> you're online dating. They this is give the only thing you're supposed to be about doing. Themselves. <laughs> why not send a message that has something to do with that <laughs> rather than just hi? Like, <laughs> They get a hundred highs mm. and only two or three messages that are like, hey, you mentioned you're interested in going to Burning Man. I went last year. What are you interested in doing this year? What mm -hmm. camp are you thinking about going with? Like, say something interesting. Yeah. Um, if they don't have anything in their profile, I tend to say something like, hey, I would write something witty here, but you didn't give me anything to go on. You want to, like, help me out a bit? Help me what, out a bit. What's your name? Help a brother out. Even... <laughs> My Sexy Alex. girl 43 <laughs> isn't good enough for you, Alex. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have, um, this may seem basic, but put effort into your appearance. Okay, so that's specifically for the guys. And it's, <laughs> um, 
why aren't you trying to look good? She does. Like, <laughs> put that's some the, effort into it. Like, that's the shower sound before bite. every single date. <laughs> yeah, just shower. Like, like Shower what and are you doing? shave. If you don't know how to shave, maybe watch some YouTube videos about <laughs> where that line under your chin should be and, and how to keep it all that perfect length like you see some guys do. You know, like, if you're going to have facial hair... Do some research on how to have nice facial hair, not just let it be quote unquote facial hair. Do right? some research on facial hair. I've done it. I've watched the YouTube videos. Just a quick tip, guys. The bottom line of your of your beard, yeah. when you open your mouth, should be at the soft spot under your chin. You know what? As much as I make fun of it, Matt has had a beard for like the past, my partner Matt has uh, had a beard for me the past like eight months now. And when he was growing it, he fully did that to see where he should trim it on his neck. It's yeah. not at the jawline. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so if you trim it right at the jawline when your mouth is closed, when you open your mouth, it's, it's on the side of your cheek. Yeah, yeah. So the idea is to go to the soft spot under your chin bone when your mouth is open. So, so as much as we make fun of it. I'm just saying. It's a good are, idea. There are basics about grooming that men just don't know. Don't even know. Uh, honestly, okay, so uh, I, I would say two or three years ago, I was out at a club. I was wearing a muscle shirt, mm -hmm. and um, uh, like a, a gay guy, yeah, a gay guy walked up to me and was like, "You need to trim your armpit hair, man." <laughs> and I was like, "That's a thing. I've I literally do. never trimmed my armpit hair before. I didn't." And he was like, "Look," and I looked down. And there's just tuft of armpit hair coming out of my t-shirt, and I'm like, right. "Whoa!" I had no idea. I'm like, "Shit!" I had no idea. Crossing my arms and like. I don't, I, hi, you know, <laughs> now I trim my armpit hair, like, the, there's just basics that you should do but some we research should find out. I didn't see that when I was doing my research, but now I know. Right? <laughs> okay, this is what I really like. She should always have more orgasms than you. Yes. Okay, yes. so women have multiple orgasms. Yeah, women can, yep. Therefore, women should have more orgasms than men. <laughs> just like just, biologically. Like, it's math, right? Uh, you... She can come more, so she should. Yeah, okay, so here's, here's the next thing. Uh, when I talk to men who are in sexless marriages for sometimes up to a decade, okay, um, I, I say, I'm having this initial conversation with them to say, what do we need to do to get the spark back in your relationship to start making her think about you and associating you with sexuality again? Right. One of the first things I do is say, have you ever asked her what kind of orgasms she has like what does she do when she's alone how does she masturbate does right. she prefer clitoral orgasms right. or penetration or g-spot like what does she enjoy he's never asked her wow and just that he doesn't know like not even ask but she hasn't ever masturbated like beside beside you or, or like during sex like, like I, her okay so honestly I'm, i am not conservative i don't know what that's like and i try not to judge yes but at the course. same time Communication is key to good sex. Yeah, come on, guys. So have a conversation about it. Even just a short, like, like, did you come? Yeah, you yeah. You even know when she has an orgasm. Oh they don't gosh. know. What kind of fantasies does she have? Mm -hmm. What kind of fantasies do you have? Do you know what you fantasize about? <laughs> do you know? Do you know? What you like about <laughs> sex? And how are you going to know what she likes if you've never even thought about your fantasies? Yeah. Right? Like, like... She should have more orgasms than you is just like, like, obviously, but communicate like, about it. And also get a vibrator. Like, 
there's a, I don't know the stat, 75% of women require clitoral stimulation yeah, to have an orgasm. Yeah, something like that. There's a lot of so, varying stats, so in but that yeah, case, a lot of women anyways. 75% of marriages <laughs> during sex should involve vibrators. Yeah. At least 75%. If not, you. 100%. Right? <laughs> if not all. <laughs> this is kind of the precursor to that topic. It says, talk about sex before sex. Okay, so like I just said, when I meet so someone on Tinder... So the first time, do this. When I meet someone on Tinder, before I even meet them in person... You're talking I've about discussed sex? sex with them. Wow. I tell them about what I'm into. Yes. I have them open up about their fantasies, and I tell them, listen, if you share with me, I will do everything in my power to make your fantasy come true. <laughs> like, literally. And what woman doesn't want that? What woman doesn't She's want She's just having an be... instant squirt while texting you. <laughs> <laughs> so talk about it because first of all that's that's the fantasy side of things and yes that's great talk about that and it will be better but limits are way more important to talk about with someone before you have sex true before you before you cross that limit you should know what it is and you shouldn't cross it true right so i discuss safe words i'm kinky i i play a little rougher so mm -hmm. i have discussed safe words long before we get there I very rarely need them because I've discussed their limits and exactly where they're. You've already are. talked about it. That's why. And yeah. I'm I'm trying to do everything I can to make sure that the good things, the thing on their green list or their yes list, are happening. So, very rarely do I. I I've never heard red, and sometimes I hear. Uh, it's, I heard red, but it was a jaw cramp or a leg cramp. It's like <laughs> it's not my fault. It's not my fault. It's something else going <laughs> stop, on. Stop! 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 <laughs> Um, but you know, that, that's like the basics, talk about limits, talk about fantasies before you have sex mm -hmm. and it will be much better. Mm -hmm. Ooh, orgasm waves. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to open up a lot here. Great. Um, never said this on air before. Uh, <laughs> a couple months ago I explored, um, playing with a vibrator in mm -hmm. my ass. Mm -hmm. And I discovered that uh, the male anal orgasm is what I can only assume is very similar to a female orgasm. Yeah, because it's like a full body. Full body, yeah. muscle contraction, and it all gets really tight, and then you can like press a little harder, and it relaxes, and then it comes back, and then it goes, and then it comes yeah. back. And if you're doing that to yourself, you can totally understand um, how to maintain that wave. Yeah. But I learned just from making enough girls come mm -hmm. that that's how the female orgasm works. So, you know, get them to the point where they're about to come. And, and part of my rule is they have to ask to have an orgasm so I know when it's about to happen. Right. It's much easier for me. But um, <laughs> so just as they're about to come, I speed up the pace. Yep. And then they have this like wild, crazy orgasm. And then, and then I slow down and I'm just like gently like stroking their G spot. Yeah. And, and they're like, uh, and then I speed up again. Yeah. And it's like the same orgasm coming back in these waves. Right. Mm -hmm. so, so listening, listen really body reacting, language, right? yeah, more of the body language. It's, topic. it's all about being attentive and being present. Right. Yep. And, and being interested in being better. Mm -hmm. Right. So mm -hmm. if, if you're the kind of guy that, doesn't care, then that this is none of this is going to say. <laughs> then don't even so. listen to this podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, we kind of do a bit of play with that, but like for me, I even though I come pretty easily and pretty consistently, I still have a fear that like I'm not going to come because sometimes I don't. Um, so like sometimes we'll like get there and then, you know, we're kind of playing with this wave that you're talking about. So you'll be almost there and then back away from it and be almost there again and then back away from it. And then like, I can't get there again. So that um, happens sometimes. So, so a lot of times I'm like the first time I feel it, I just need to go with it. Cause like 
Oh, it's sometimes it can be heartbreaking. No, no, no. I'm talking just... about that actual orgasm. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. Not reaching it. Yeah. But once it's happening, maintaining yeah. that like pulse of the orgasm itself, right? Right. right. So for me, I, I know exactly what you mean because I like I've kind of self-diagnosed myself with delayed orgasmic response. It's actually really hard for me to have an orgasm, generally speaking. Okay. Not always, but generally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially if I'm having sex regularly. Yeah. Um, me too. Yeah, me too. As, as I find it much harder than without have... having sex. Oh, it's, easy. it's like, oh, no problem. Yeah. But but the idea is um it's all psychological for me for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and so for me, like the biggest thing for me is I don't I don't put me having an orgasm above her satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Because I know that if if I don't, if I make sure her satisfaction is above my orgasm, I'll come whether it's now or next time. Right. It'll there'll be a next time. Right. Right. <laughs> Because, because if my You're coming looking is more important, for yourself long term, right, and that's still it, it's mutually beneficial because because for me, if if I were like really bent out of shape about the fact that I didn't come or made a big deal out of it, not only would she be self conscious because I didn't come, yes, but also feel really uncomfortable about the fact that I'm upset about it and how I'm reacting to yeah, it, and instead yeah. I'm saying, "Don't worry about it, babe. It's not a big deal." I, I don't need to come to be satisfied. <laughs> yeah. Like at all. Yeah. But seeing someone quivering in the fetal position on my bed because they can't think from all the orgasms is way more satisfying than me coming. Yeah. Just generally speaking, right? <laughs> Just saying. Okay. Oh, learn to make her squirt. Mm. Okay, so this is a controversial one. Have you squirted? Um, I've squirted three times in my life. Okay. So all by mistake. I, I have. I would say I have made ninety-eight percent of the women I've been with squirt. Wow! If I try, right, right. Um, I have friends a, that squirt every time they have intercourse. Right. So this is there is a specific technique mm-hmm. that will make any girl squirt, mm-hmm. and the two percent that didn't squirt, they squirted a little, but it didn't like come out in a gush. Sure. You know, it's, it just got wet. Sure. Um, I've read a lot about it. I read a lot. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so I can try and describe the position if you want. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, it's not going to do very well on a podcast, but uh, if the girl's lying on her back mm-hmm. and she p- p- picks her knees up mm-hmm. and you kind of kneel down beside her, mm-hmm. um, so you kind of put your forearm behind her knees mm-hmm. so you can push her legs right up to her ears. Further almost, up, yeah. Right? And then you reach into her pussy with your two middle fingers mm-hmm. And rather than going in and out, you mm-hmm. go up and down. Mm-hmm. So you're pushing on the G-spot, and then you're kind of stretching her open. Mm-hmm. And you, you should hear that sloshing sound while mm-hmm. you're doing that. Like so like a, up and down kind of from Yeah, from ra- where rather you're... than in and out, but you're pulling up and down. The reason yeah. you get into that position is it's much easier on your so muscles to move that to way, that your position arm that way. <laughs> um, and, and you do it hard and fast for as long as your arm will let you. <laughs> And, and like, so hard, it's like, oh, you might, maybe, are you hurting her? You don't know, because she thinks she's, she's definitely enjoying herself. Is she enjoying herself? But you're doing but then, it quite vigorously, yes, is what you're saying. Yes, very vigorously. And then eventually, she squirts all over herself and all over the floor. Like, like so it. much so, it's like, like. It just like ruins a, a, everything. No, I, I do it on my hardwood, uh, so that I can clean it up easier afterwards. <laughs> I like like spinning them around so on you, the wet hardwood because they're like, there's no way you're going to make me squirt. You're never going to make me squirt. I've tried so many times. So many people have tried it in just like 30 seconds and I'm rolling them around and they're squirt on the floor. <laughs> so that's... This visual is just fantastic. Oh, I don't know if any of these topics are going to be as great as that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's another thing. Like, why don't we all know that? 
Why don't we all know that that's a thing that everyone can do? Yeah. And we haven't explored that. Well, yeah, like, it's kind of interesting. I was talking about this with uh, Jack Lehman from Come As You Are. And he was saying ever since this was kind of became aware in like the public consciousness that this is what women did, like way back in the day they used to have squirting videos, but they would call it like pee play because that wasn't a thing yet. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly, you know, women are squirting and it's being called like this terms, a female ejaculation. But now it's kind of become like this standard that women should this is what women should be able to do, and many, many, many women can't and haven't and don't know how to, but, like, this is now this standard, so women, it's just, like, another thing that this patriarch okay, is throwing so, at women and telling them, So I'm going to say a couple of things. To, yeah. First of all, it's much harder for a woman to make herself squirt mm -hmm. than for me to do it to them. Mm -hmm. Actually, I, several girls... Have you personally contact. or just men doing it to women? <laughs> Someone who knows what they're doing to a woman. Yes. Um, so, so what I would say is, like, actually, two or three of my partners, like, they contact me when I managed to make myself squirt. I'm so excited. Yeah. Like, thank you. Because I, every time they see me, I make them squirt. And yeah. then they go home and try. Yeah, they're trying, watching um, what you're doing. And so what I would say is not all girls enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Right, so it's not something you have to be able to do. Mm -hmm. Not something that you should feel pressure to do. To do. It's yeah. something you can do if you want. And like some girls will come while they squirt. Other girls will squirt if they come. Yeah. Other girls do not associate the two at all and, and yeah. don't enjoy it. For me, my only experience was it that I squirted before I came. Like just I, before. Yeah, just before. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, that's like. Yeah. So that's interesting to know. So that's like it, it's it's. That it totally, could be entirely totally up to that particular person. Everyone's a snowflake, okay? right? Um, and, and whether they're going to enjoy it, or whether it's going to be a lot or a little, or whether it's going to happen and they come or they don't, it, that should not be on. That should none of those questions should matter. Mm -hmm. It's just, do you want to? Mm -hmm. Do you want to try it? And do you if you like it, it, do you want to keep doing it? Mm -hmm. Like that's it. <laughs> okay, we have got to wrap this up. We barely got through our 52 things. 52 things? We'll we talked about five or six of them. <laughs> we have to have you back. I'd love to come back. <laughs> Alex, can you tell everyone who's listening about where they can find you and all about your new business? Sure. Um, AuthenticConnections.life is my website. <laughs> uh, you can connect to all the social media on there. My blog's on there. Um, my Facebook page is Alex Zalewski, um, but you can also find it at authentic.co on, um, Facebook, Twitter and Google plus. I'm, I'm not using that much, but they're available with all the same posts on, from my website. So, okay. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming, Alex. You're welcome. It was a pleasure. <laughs> we got through a lot. I think we did good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And thank you, everyone, for listening today. Um, I'm going to sign out here. I'm Erin Kim, as most of you know, and this has been the Bedpost Podcast. To find out more about the Bedpost Stage Show and also more podcast posts, go to facebook.com slash bedposterotica. My personal blog with over 100 erotic short stories is at erinserotica.com. And lastly, the Bedpost podcast features original music by Steph Copeland. It can be reached at her website, stephcopelandmusic.com.